Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. John Pendergast is on vacation, so we've got John Harris in this morning. And John, um, free agency opens March 15th. It's about a week from today. Yeah. And what is today? Today is March 9th. And to oh. that point... Less 11, than a week from today. 11 a.m. Monday, yeah. legal tampering, which feels Ooh. like the biggest oxymoron there ever was. Legal tampering. Like yeah, well, it is. It's not like tampering by definition is against the rules. So legal tampering is just more. It's a, it's a fun little thing that Florio loves to say because he loves to flout his, his legal background. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I've, I think Mike Florio coined that term, and he won't, <laughs> he won't allow it to die. So it's, and it's fun. It would be fun if it weren't for Florio inventing it. So the legal tampering, <laughs> at which point the Texans will try to tamp that ass of various, <laughs> various potential free agents. Um, Put that on a T-shirt. ESPN. ESPN. And I think Aaron Shantz specifically, a guy I like from Football Outsiders, suggested various free agency targets that every team should go after. I got to tell you, I like Aaron typically. I'm underwhelmed by his suggestion. And I, I feel like this is a little bit of people thinking that, like, oh, the Texans don't have a real crack at one of these name brand guys. So I'll just go ahead and suggest to him DJ Chark. And uh, it, 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 who had a good year this last year, but there's a little too much of the – it's just like this, this old, potentially disappointing draft pick from the AFC South – whether it be a Chris Conley that comes to Houston <laughs> or, or something else that I just and, – and DJ Chark was a guy that when he was with Jacksonville, I, I thought, like, boy, this guy might end up being something. He never quite did be something. Yeah. So I don't – I'm not in the mood right now. I'd rather draft a wide receiver than sign a guy like DJ Chark as a wide receiver. I'd, like, I'd rather go after a premier dude than just a, a solid veteran at this point. So – here, so I, I did actually my breakdowns on wide receivers for Houston yeah. Texans. You can see it at HoustonTexans.com. I've been doing position breakdowns where I say, here's what they have. Here, got, here are their uh, contracted players. Here are the guys that were on the team last year, but they're unrestricted free agents. Here are the reserve list guys. Here are some free agents that can make sense. Here are the rookies that can make sense. I struggled to find a handful of guys because I just don't think throwing money at the wide receiver position is good business. Yeah. I really don't. Right. I really right. don't. Unless it's really – unless it's like – I would rather throw A.J. Brown money at the situation yeah, yeah. if I had a rookie quarterback. Right. Because, like, yeah, that's what I need at this point. I either need a young guy that could become the guy – an A.J. Brown type, or at least I'll take a little less than A.J. Brown. I'm right. not greedy. Um, right. Or, or like, that – yeah – if you pay a guy, then make sure he's damn well worth it. But right now, I yeah, I, I need to be hitting for home runs, and um, and, and I just don't think that DJ Chark is that guy. The, the one a guy I saw mentioned that you and I chatted about off air a little bit earlier on. Um, this is who Aaron suggests the Browns should go after because Jim Schwartz is their coordinator, and this is where there's a, a tie-in 
with the Texans defensive coordinator, Matt Burke. Um, Javon Hargrave, oh, the defensive tackle so, out of Philadelphia. So yesterday when Matt Burke was at the mic and he mentioned going to Philadelphia in 2020, immediately my ears just went boom. like, yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there. And I mean, as the people say, literally. No, I'm literally in my, on my hands going, 20, 21, 22. I'm like counting on my fingers how long Javon Hargrave had been in Philly and did Matt Burke yeah. coach Javon Hargrave at, in Philly? Because to me, I'll pay money there. I'll pay money on an interior defense lineman. Oh, by the way, Javon Hargrave had three sacks against the Texans on Thursday night. The Texans only gave up three sacks in that game against the Eagles. He had all three of them. And he was a game wrecker all year for the Eagles. He's been that way even with the Steelers. I would take it. That's where I would throw some money if I was going to do it. I just look at yeah. I look at wide receiver, and there's just so many. And Seth, to my point, here are the three free agents that I brought up in my article. One, Jacoby Myers, only because everybody brings him up. So I'll just throw it out there. Paris Campbell with the Colts. Now, even though he's been in the league four years, there's no tread off the tire. He's only played uh, he's only played 15 games in four years. Yeah. And then I brought up Mac Hollins from the Raiders. None of those guys would be a number one in any way, shape, or form. I do think they'll find their number one, whether it's this draft or the next draft. I think they'll find a number one bona fide. If Nico doesn't become that guy, they can find that guy. But I listed three guys in free agents for the draft. Then I went to the sense, I put JH crush list, rookies, by Texans draft selections that make sense. So I took each draft selection, and then I slotted in rookies that I felt like they could take there. At 12th overall, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt. Second round, 33 overall, Josh Downs, North Carolina. Third round, Marvin Mims, Tank Dell at 65. Third round, Rasheed Rice, SMU, C.J. Johnson, East Carolina. 103rd overall, I've got like eight names. 136, I've got like six names. My point being... I think you've got a better opportunity at that position across the league, in large part because this is a free agent class that just is so underwhelming in the NFL. So underwhelming. And I don't think the receiver draft class is tremendous, but it's got a lot of depth. It's got a ton yeah. of depth, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, that's our um, – and I, I'm right with you on that. As far as Burke, the defensive coordinator, and his experience with Javon Hargrave, uh, when – it was first announced that the Texans had hired him. I went and looked for old interviews, and one of them was an interview he did with the Eagles when he talked about bringing Javon Hargrave in because Hargrave had been a defensive lineman with the Steelers where it was more gap control, more read and react right. versus what they like to do now here with the Texans or what they were doing with Philadelphia at the time, which just let him get up and go. So Burke kind of oversaw Hargrave's transformation into the guy that he is right now. So I think that I would imagine that Hargrave has fond memories of Burke just because he became the guy that's about to get paid a boatload of money as a free agent uh, working under Burke. So I, I would uh, 100% think that that was money well spent. The other, um, the other position that I'd love to see the Texans upgrade is that their center or guard and the uh, Ethan Pochick? Is it Pochick or Pochick? However you pronounce his name, uh, the center. Posick. He's Posick. He's he is suggested as a free agency option to go back to Seattle. He was originally drafted as a second round pick by Seattle. This is a this is the issue I have with that. 
I've got a little bit of PTSD over the fact that Justin Britt was a former Seattle center <laughs> with an injury history because Posick had an injury history with Seattle, had a breakout year with Cleveland um, last year, and now all of a sudden is potentially the best center on the board. I don't. I just. I got to get over that part of it, but the the injury part I think is real and valid. We just had, you know, Justin Britt. Probably would have been okay if it weren't for the fact that he was perpetually banged up. And I worry that Posick might have that same issue. Yeah, I think with centers, this is uh, – I'm kind of stuck on center. And this is why I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans do look at a center, even at number 33. Because, A, I don't think this is a great – even – I mean, if, if Posick is the, the best center of the free agent class, uh, that doesn't tell you a whole lot about this free agent class – the, the draft class isn't tremendous either. I feel like there are maybe three or four guys throughout probably the second through fifth round where I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like I like John Michael Schmitz from out of Minnesota. Uh, I like him. Olu Oluwatimi from out of Michigan. I don't have him in the 100, but but I like I like him. I'd be fine with him. So I just – but that's – there's not many. Yeah. And so I'm not totally sure what to really do at center now. There was There was – I think Aaron Wilson reported yesterday bringing back Scott Quisenberry, but they have to be doing that as far as depth goes because they can't, in all honesty, they can't go back into the season with Scott as a full-time starter. They've got to, I mean, they've got to upgrade the position and Scott being part of the depth. Sure. But they've got to upgrade it. And I just, this is where I'm stuck because I don't like the free agents a ton at all. I'd like a few, (laughs) I like a few of the centers that I could draft. And here's the other one that you might have to consider, and that is, is there a guy at tackle or guard that you think could be a center that you could teach to end up playing that position? I feel like they should have done that with Max Sharping a long time ago, but be that as it may, I feel like they could do that with somebody as well. That could be another option. I just, uh, I don't love the free agent centers, but there are a couple, like Garrett Bradbury would be interesting. I love his wrestling background. Um, And by the way, you talked about this before, Seth. I ran into um, uh, Andrews, Andrews, the center at Troy. And he was talking to Lance Erlon, my buddy, and I rolled up and I said to him, how long have you been wrestling? And he just went, well, I started back when I was in like sixth grade or whatever. And Lance looked at me like, you can tell. I'm like, yeah, you can tell. You can absolutely <laughs> tell the centers that have wrestled for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're going to um, use their hips and leverage Yo, everything. God, it's amazing yeah. to watch and, and how they go about, you know, run block, pass block, all that kind of stuff. So center, uh, I so I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something early with the center in the draft in particular to make sure they got the best option to play that position. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.